Hello again, and thanks for listening today. This is Stepping into Freedom, the podcast about standing fast in the liberty wherewith we have been made free from Alma 5840 in the Book of Mormon. Today is episode 34 with Pam Ackerman. Uh, she is the mother of five children, grandmother of uh, soon-to-be three grandchildren, married 27 years. She is also uh, an executive assistant in the mental health and medical field. Um, Gospel Doctrine teacher in Shelly, Idaho, administrative assistant for the High Five Live daily inspiring videos, which, by the way, you got to check those out for all you people listening out there tonight. They are just super awesome if you want little packets of light every night. Um, and we'll be talking about sacraments. So thanks for joining us tonight. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, Paul. Um, awesome. So I guess to begin with, is I mean, sometimes I kind of vary how I do this here, but... Uh, this time I'll ask you, is there any kind of thoughts you wanted to start out with? You know, when I looked over, uh, Paul has a list that he'll give to, his, to the people coming on his podcast if we'd like some direction. I hope I'm not giving all your secrets away, Paul. Um, but um, And so I kind of looked over it because there's all kinds of things that I, I will say to start out with. I do not believe I'm an extraordinary person, but I live by the law that every person has extraordinary experiences. And that is how we learn, and that is how we grow closer to Jesus Christ and grow closer to each other in the gospel, is by sharing those experiences. So kudos to you, Paul, for having a platform to be able to do that. So so this a lot of this today is the gospel of Pam. You go study it out and get your own answer, but that's really what I wanted to start with. I, I saw the sacrament, and from the time I was a young girl, I really was born with a heart to want to choose the right. I really was born with the with the ability and the love of God from the time I was young. And I know you guys can't see me, but I have red hair, and I'm spicy <laughs> as they come, and my temper is can get very heated at times. But I'll tell you, that gives me a passion for, for the gospel and for God as well. You just have to learn how to utilize your weaknesses and strengths to make them all become strengths. And that's something that I learned very quickly through the help of some pretty incredible parents. And, um, yeah, the sacrament is one of them. It's always been, it's always spoken to my soul. And and, and, and I'm going to get into this in a second, a little bit later, but it irritated me when it didn't speak to other souls or when other people were in, imposing on my soul-searching for <laughs> those sacraments. And, and, but that's my bad. I'm going to tell you why that a little bit later. But that's it. That's my introduction, I guess, to the sacraments. And it's a pretty important um, covenant that we, that we do, that we have, and that we are able to, to renew our covenants. Let me rephrase that. It's a pretty important um What's the word I'm looking for, Paul? Not it's not a covenant. It's the pretty important thing that we do each week. I can't or, ordinance. Right now. An ordinance. Yes. Thank you. Ordinance. Thank you. Pretty important ordinance that, that we do each week. So. Awesome. So just to give uh, listeners who aren't members of our church a, a bit of a four one one here on this too, so we're not leaving anybody out. Um, yeah. Sacrament of the Lord's Supper for anybody who um, it's if you're familiar with kind of the, the Catholic thing too, you might compare it to communion maybe. Um, you know, the whole symbolic thing about uh, like symbolism of the bread and the water uh, symbolizing the body and blood of Christ um, that we take and we um, use that time every week to yeah, remember our promises we made with Heavenly Father and uh, commit ourselves to do better, to repent, to change our hearts, all that great stuff. And kind of just like a spiritual recharging our batteries, you know. Um, so 
there's that. Um, it's funny that you mentioned red hair, Pam, because um, I was born with it, and it kind of just changed over the years. And the only thing that I have left is on my face here. It's the beard. Love yeah. it. Yeah, that's that's kind of it's kind of even then it's like a dark red. So. <laughs> and my brothers have the same, and I always tease them that the Lord left it around their mouth so they could remember to talk kindly and to be good. So. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> with the words that they say, well, I love the, it. The nice thing about being passionate. Very reminder, Paul. Yeah, and you know, the funny thing is the whole passionate thing. Um, I, sometimes I wonder if I still come off as like almost like a hyper-religious zealot to some people. I'm like, well, if you're going to be zealot about anything, better be about Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, anyways, awesome. Um, okay, so first thing I'm going to ask you. Um, you bet. What is something that you do to prepare for the sacrament each week that makes it more of a freeing experience for you? Well, for me, it's kind of a catch-22 because for me, Sunday is my day to recharge. And, and, and it starts at the beginning of the day uh, for me. I love music. I'll turn on my... We have, fortunately, in Utah and Idaho, and you can find it online too, but on our radios, we have local radio stations that will play Christian music exclusively on Sundays from 6 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock at night. And from the moment I wake up, I will turn that on. And and that gets me going. All kinds of genres and different messages and things like that. Some hymns, but not all. Um, that's why I call it Christian. Um, but uh, that, that's where it starts. Um, I've always been one. And I'm, you're going to find out, Paul, today, I'm really... I'm always one that's going to be honest with you. And I'm, I struggle with my morning prayers. I will have a prayer in my heart all the time, constantly. But I will, my nighttime prayers is when I get deep and dark and heavy and, and really lay it all out there. And I think if I enhanced, if I was able to enhance my life a little bit better, it would be utilizing those morning prayers a little bit better. And that is one of my weak areas. But I'll get out and I'll do a little bit of effort to do dinner or, or if I didn't do it the night before. But I'll pull out my come follow me or pull out my scriptures and I'll and I'll just read. And I'll just not just read, but I'll search and study and and review what I'm gonna talk about in my gospel doctrine class or the spirit's gonna talk about or teach. I just kind of throw it out there and let that teach. Um, or I'd like to participate in release society, um, as well as you know, fast and testimony meeting or whatever else. But we'll get into that part too, because I honestly believe when you break apart the two sacrament prayers that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint Jesus that come from the Bible, and we have in the Doctrine and Covenants as well, um, if you break it apart, it's not just about promises, but it's actually about actions as well. And so it doesn't do much good if you're sitting there at church. Okay, I can do this. I can think about Jesus. I can think about Jesus. Take some water. Okay, I can think about him. Take, take some bread. Think about him and how he sacrificed for me. Great, that's wonderful. Okay, stop acting that way, kids. Time to go home. We're done with church. Okay, let's go camping. Let's do whatever. That whole point of that is not just to, okay, checklist, sacrament's done. Checklist, church is done. Now let's move on with our lives. That is not the point of the sacrament. And that is not the point of the Sabbath. And so, it, 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 preparation is huge. And so I'm glad you asked that. Not just preparation, and not just the act, but then how did you finish that out? And, and finish that commitment that you verbally, internally, spiritually made with God that day for the next week. Yeah. And not just 
drop the scriptures and you walk in the door and we're done. Absolutely. That's funny that you mentioned that because I have a question for you about uh, for you about that like towards the end of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, awesome. Yeah, because I mean, like I like the whole. Did you mention you know it's like kind of breaking out of just the fact that it's something we do. In fact, there was um, I remember um, a while back uh, there was a primary presentation and. Um, Somebody, one of the kids had asked, um, you know, well, why, why, why do you want me to sit still so much? Why am I supposed to stay so quiet like this? And, I mean, the answer was, um, okay. I'm like, okay, that's a step in that direction. But I'm like, eh, there's something missing a little bit here. And I wasn't the kid's parent, so I'm like, I'm not going to try and say that's wrong or anything, right? whatever. And the primary teacher was there and all that stuff, so fine. But I'm like, maybe I'll just give a little bit of a gentle, you know. This, this too, by the way, the answer that, that the kid was given was, oh, that, this, that, that's just what we do. I'm like, mm, that's true, but it's not just what but we that's do. that's not the why. Yeah, so, so, yeah so what I, what I had said was, I also kind of leaned over, I'm like, yeah. I, I, I leaned over and I was like, hey, just so you know, by the way, um, it's also because that Jesus went through a lot for you. So this is the time where we, we were supposed to think about that and make sure that we, we do better because of that, right? And, I just kind of my my two cents. I wasn't trying to like you know make it you know oh I'm out of place or anything, but just let's add a little bit to that, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I I just yeah. And I think that's critical. If nothing else today, I hope I'm able to help everyone who listens to know their why. Why do we take the sacrament? Why do we prepare for the sacrament? I love music, like I mentioned that before. I listen to the radio, but that is why we have an opening prayer and song. That is why we have a sacrament song. That is why we have a closing song. That prepares us, helps us, teaches us, and kind of solidifies what we've already been taught or learned that day. Yeah. And I kind of have a role, a self-inflicted role, in my ward of making sure we sit in the pew right behind the little deacons that pass the sacrament. And myself, I just assigned myself to do it, and some of them rolled their eyes when Sister Ackerman walks by, and I make sure they all have a hymn book in their hand. And I remind them that they are the closest thing to my Heavenly Father, that they are handing me that tray with that bread and that water. And I want them to be ready to be able to give their full self in their duty of the priesthood while they're giving me the opportunity to ask forgiveness for what I've done yeah. and to remember yeah. what I need to work on. Totally. You know, what you said that reminds me of... Um... Oh, one of John, by the way, is comedy route. No, was it comedy or was it one of his more spiritual talks? I forget which one. I forget which one now. I've listened to so much of his stuff. But John, by the way, one of the things he mentions, he says, now what you could do, you 16-year-olds out there, when, you know, when your friends ask, well, how was your weekend? You could say, well, I knelt in front of a congregation of one, two, three hundred people, whoever the number is, right? And using authority that I can trace back in approximately, you know, nine, ten steps back to Jesus Christ himself, I placed this congregation under a binding covenant with God. What did you, what did you do? What's that? At the, the end of it, he says, um, yeah. you know, using this authority from uh, Jesus Christ that I can trace back from me to him in just, you know, a few steps, I used this authority to uh, place this congregation of people under a binding covenant with God. What did you do with your weekend? Right? <laughs> <laughs> What do you say, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, d I love that. I love like, your little self-imposed roller. I like that. That's cool. Actually, what you mentioned there about uh, the music, it kind of leads on to the next thought I wanted to get at, too. Um, 
Um, can you talk about um, the reason I mentioned the music part is because kind of one of my answers to this question has to do with music. But anyways, can you talk about any um, particularly memorable or freeing experiences you uh, like where where your heart or mind was maybe like relieved of a huge burden during and or because of the sacrament? You know, I never thought I would say this, um, but there was a time when I was not able to take the sacrament. And um, I won't get into the details. That's going to be saved for my book that I published someday. Okay. But um, there was a time that I wasn't able to partake of the sacrament. And because of some um, choices I had made to try and stand up for what I believe was my freedom and, um, and deal with the corruption of the judicial system and, um, and the courts and um, refuse to take an attorney. And anyway, um, because of that pride, I wasn't able to take the sacrament for several weeks in a row. And I still remember to this day the opportunity when it was put back on me for me to be able to take the sacrament. And I remember thinking, it's just a piece of bread and it's just a cup of water. But for me, it was my way. It was the Lord's way of telling me that you're okay and that what you've done is in the past and now I can go ahead and move forward and I can... I can start again, I guess. And and it was an exasperated experience because really we should be doing that every single week, Paul. Not just when that opportunity was taken away from me for a short time, for only time in my life. But we should be looking at it that way every single week. And why was why was I taking that for granted? That it was just another thing. And yes, I was able to think about Jesus and grow closer to him and 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 and, and be able to develop my relationship with him and with my Heavenly Father because of that opportunity. But obviously, I didn't understand the depths of it. If that taking it after five, six weeks of not meant so much to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, and maybe everyone doesn't have that opportunity to not take it and then to take it. I, I hope you don't. I hope you're able to always take it. Because you're living the way you should be living, living righteously. But that's the one that comes to my mind. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 man, I could go on for a while about that myself, but one thing that I thought... Yeah, I too, know. I know you could. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> um, but one, one of the things that crosses okay. my mind, the actually... The shaker's going to come back and rain. Sorry? And we're all going to be great, correct? <laughs> Sorry? Just waiting for that. <laughs> I, I missed that. Sorry. No, no. I just said the Savior will come back and be in charge and reign, and I won't have to worry about any of that anymore. And all the the wickedness in governments and, and other things. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're good. Go ahead, I interrupted you. Sorry, so, so during my, actually, for me, one of the things I thought of was during my mission, actually. Um, interestingly enough, I think it was actually when I was serving here in Hamilton. Um, yeah, I think it was when I was serving in this very ward, but, which is interestingly enough where I met my wife. I'll tell you that later. But, okay. <laughs> um, and I was just struggling so much with like everything I'd ever been taught. Like, like you know, how do I know any of this is true? I'm teaching it. Like, I can't be doubting this. I'm a missionary. Like, and there was, it's one of my favorites to this day. This the, the, one of the sacrament hymns. It's man. It's I actually wrote a. So it means so much to me now that I actually wrote a, a piano, an advanced piano arrangement of it just because of that. Oh, wow. And 
there's one phrase in it, and it's him, 193, I stand all amazed. Yeah. And there's a ver- part in there that just the spirit just rocked me one day. It's like, why are you questioning the validity of, and the, the like, effectiveness of Christ's sacrifice for you? And, and, the, and the verse was the last one, I think, where it's, the phrasing is, um, sufficient to own, to redeem, and to justify. And I was like, the Spirit just testified, like, I, I was saying that, and then the Holy Ghost was just like, wham, that is true. He is enough, more than enough for you. You don't need to question this. I love that. And I'm like, love that. Wow, like, it was just, ooh. Yeah. Well, I just looked up, I and I'm like, that. thank you. And then that, the sacrament yeah. that day, it just, like, those times in our lives where Heavenly Father just ramps it up a notch. He goes, let me make this mean more for you all of a sudden. I love that. And it's like, yes, it is sufficient. Like, my, uh, somebody just sent me for the umpteenth time, um, like, not that person. Like, they haven't sent it to me before, like, numerous times. But, like, how many, how many people have sent me before that uh, landmark talk by Brad Wilcox on His yeah. Grace is Sufficient, right? Yeah. Speaking of which, Brad, if you're watching this, I've been trying to get a hold of you. You could do a lot of good for my, for my listeners. Brad, would you call the man back? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, Facebook message. I've been trying to get a hold of him on Facebook messenger. He's been on High Five Live. He actually is the only man to be on High Five Live Women of Worth with Gaylin Condi, actually, ever. And yeah. he was on her one-year anniversary, Women of Worth, Brad was. So, yeah. <laughs> Fun I'll, stuff. I'll, I'll oh, and by the way, <laughs> yeah, I actually had Gaylin on the show. I think she was episode 12. She's so nice. <laughs> Isn't she credible? Yeah. So and she's the one that reminded me. She always says, "What's your why? What's your why?" <laughs> so yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, wow. the, the funny, <clears throat> I'll, I'll kind of use that too here. Um, part of the, <clears throat> excuse me, part of the uh, there was a family mission statement that my mom got. I think it was from my grandma on her side, and I don't forget. I don't remember the whole thing. Uh, the whole thing, but um, the last phrasing talked about, like, I'm probably paraphrasing here, but it said something about getting up and continuing to keep trying to do the right things for the right reasons. Yeah. So why? Why? Yeah, why do you yeah. take the sacrament? Why do you go to church on Sunday? Why is keeping the Sabbath day holy? That if you can't answer those questions, something's wrong. You're, you're not doing it for the right reasons. Or, or I don't know. That's just my very... <laughs> well, I know. Funny thing is, we actually, I actually have an episode coming up. I think it's this month for our listeners. If you, uh, watch for this one too, on um, yeah. on righteous motivation. So, yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, and that's you know what? Those go hand in hand with the sacraments. If you are righteously motivated, you know why you're taking the sacrament, and your why is important. I, I love the talk that Cheryl Esplin gave. She just said if there was one thing that you wish you'd known when you were our age and it was young, she was talking to young women, and she instantly answered, and she said, I wish when I was your age I understood the significance of the sacrament better than I did. Oh, boy. And that I was like, a- interesting. And then she quoted Jeffrey R. Holland, and that's what, this was the part that I thought was pretty awe-inspiring. It was one of the invitations inherent in the sacramental ordinance is that it be a truly spiritual experience, a holy communion, and a renewal for your soul. I, that it can't be any better than that. I yep. just, and I think that's right. What a wonderful family I'll need me to have with your family, and to ask them, why do we take the sacrament? Okay, 
Well, when you take the sacrament, what are you thinking? And why do you take it? Not just the answers I've taught you, but why do you take it? Just get deeper. Think outside the box as parents. And that's what will help our children grow with their testimonies. Because if they don't have those testimonies dug deep, 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 they're, they're going to leave, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, they're going to find there's problems. Yeah, like, to the credit of my parents, they gave me a foundation today that, like, that I've used since since my mission to kind of, all, like every so often, it just ramps up another notch. And I'm like, that's because yeah. like my parents were, to, I think to most people's standards today, I would guess, were ridiculously strict on reverence. Like just that one meeting a week, I don't remember them being anywhere as nearly as strict as they were about just sacrament meeting, they were so strict about reverence during the meeting. Like, yeah. I could be not making a single noise. I could just be, like, kicking my legs back and forth, not touching a thing, just yeah. restless legs. And they, my mom would still reach over, touch my leg, okay, you need to sit quietly and still, please. I wouldn't be making a sound, yeah. and she would still do that. And it would just, it just hammered in my head how important reverence is during that meeting, even for small children. And I'm like, I mean, today I have to kind of work on my sense of how much I... I wrongfully judge people sure. because they can't do that as sure. well. But I, get, I get a little bit uh, too irritated maybe more than I should about that. But that's the thing, right? And what you, uh, I was going to, something you said a second ago, I was going to relate it to as well um, with uh, the whole refreshing your soul. Um, speaking of which, uh, for my listeners too, um, I just actually launched my new, my website where I got like all my blogs, podcasts and everything. If you want to check it out, um, the URL actually ties in well to what you said. Because it's from Second yeah. Nephi nine fifty one, where he says, "Feast on that which perisheth not, and let your soul delight in fatness." And like, I I, I actually used part of that verse. The, the the URL to the website is that which perisheth not dot com, and that's what sacrament is for: feasting on that which perisheth yeah. not. And when you do that, the well never runs dry, right? The more you do Let's it. Let's go back so. to what you talked about. I wanted to focus on that. I think that was an opportune time to talk about kids and about children. I was brought up in a home just like yours, where we were taught to be very reverent. And Quentin L. Cooks talks about reverence in the sacrament. And I'm going to be careful here, and that's okay. I might get some people upset with me, but I'm still going to be honest and true to what I believe. Um, my kids were the same. You don't talk. You don't have food, you don't have water, you don't have your city cup, you don't have your games. Um, it, it was the hymn book, or it was books about God, and that was it. But then when we started to sing, everything got closed, and you focused on the song, you focused on the prayer, you focused on actually partaking of it. <clears throat> and then, then after you're all done, then you could pull those things back out again. And, and I was very, very adamant, and I see kids nowadays that they're talking or they're playing or they're on their iPads still during the sacrament or whatever. And you know what? I'm glad I was a parent then and not now because I don't envy that. But I, this made me think, and that's what I was talking to you about before we started, Paul. This made me think about, let me find my paper that I've got sitting right here. This made me think about the Savior when they took the very first sacrament, the Last Supper, and they took the very first sacrament. Speaking of which, if, you ever, if you've ever read that, You'll see that they blessed it, then they broke it with him. We don't do it that way. We do it opposite. And that's because Christ has died and broke him, and then we bless it. And um, anyway, but it was an interesting comment. And it was when the, all the apostles, he said, one of you is going to be betraying me. 
basically. And I thought it was one of the apostles, but then you showed me, Paul, thank you for helping me with that since my memory is not great all the time. And he, he, all the apostles started saying, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? And then this was a really great point that was made. And it said, I wonder what each of us would do if we were asked that question by the Savior. Would we look at those around us and say in our hearts, ah, he's probably talking about Brother Johnson. I've always wondered about him. I'm so glad Sister Brown was here to hear this conversation or to hear this talk about keeping the sacrament reverent, right? With her eight children sitting around the pew behind me. And, and are, you know, are we like the disciples of old looking inward and asking that penetrating question, is it I? So I get to control how I feel during that sacrament and during that song and during that prayer. And it is not my place to, I had five kids in seven years. I was one, I was that mother at, at one time. And I'm sure there were people that judged me, but shame on them and shame on me if I do, because that is my moment to determine my definition of what the sacrament means to me or can mean to me in that difficult moment or perfect moment. If it happened to be beautifully quiet and the song was your favorite and, and the prayer was said by the, the young man that used inflection in his voice and, and you could tell maybe he really was having a conversation with God. All of it. You know what I mean? It could line up all your ducks in a row, or it can be the worst Sunday ever. It doesn't matter. I'm the one that has to decide my why. I'm the one that has to control that. Yeah. So I wanted to address that, because I've been on both sides of that. The judger and the person that's like, nope, not going there, Satan. Sorry, yeah, I'm going to yeah, enjoy yeah. this. <clears throat> well, honestly, there's, hold on a second. All right, so I can talk about this. I just had to double-check mentally there with Heavenly Father on this. I love that. Needed to confirm. Love Because um, this is, you know, this is public. and um, So my wife has some pretty amazing spiritual gifts. And one of them came to her, well, actually towards the end of my mission, she wrote me about it. <clears throat> I won't tell you how it first came about. But she has a That's special good. gift. Um, when occasion requires and when Heavenly Father is especially merciful to her when she needs an answer to something very specific or sometimes she gets answers via this gift for me or for other people once in a while. Um, my wife is able to uh, perceive through the veil and see angels when occasion requires. And so sometimes... Um, when we'd be in church together, she hasn't been in a, in a long time because she's just been so freaking sick in the hospital like 10 of the last 13 months. Um, but I, sometimes when we'd be sitting there in the, the back of the chapel together, I would look over at her and I would see this look on her face and I'd, and I'd ask her, you're either in a lot of pain right now or it's crowded in here. Which one is yeah. it? And half the time she'd say, they're coming in from the corners. They're everywhere. This room is so full right now. This is one amazing. I'm like, I knew it. And it's just like, you knew, like, I think half the time I knew what the answer was going to be when I asked her that. Because you can feel it. If you're in tune enough, yeah. you can feel it. And it's like, there's something special going on here. And so, like, that's what's, like, the sacrament is supposed to be about every time. Like you said, it's not just supposed to be a, oh, well... Um, sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. I mean, like, I remember you were asking me before we started here, right? You know, okay, yeah. is, this, is it all, it should be always expected to be like this amazing, maybe wonderful experience. 
maybe it's not, maybe we shouldn't always expect it to be that amazing thing every single time. And I'm like, no, yes, we should, we can, yeah. we, we're supposed to expect that. And when it doesn't, you know, we're the, the, the church that believes in miracles and in angels and healing. And so when we don't see that happen every week of sacrament meeting for us, yes, we should be, okay, what am I missing? This was not a first vision experience for me, like, like Joseph Smith had this week. What do I need to do to make that happen better next time, every time? Because it can happen. And remember that our, the prophets have taught us that our testimonies aren't always based on those big aha moments like that. I did have the opportunity when I was 14 to know in the sacred grove and to ask Heavenly Father, I knew our church was true. I didn't understand why it was the only one that was true. And I had that opportunity when our family went back east for a whole month into church history sites to kneel down and ask that question. And I had an overwhelming, that was the first time in my life I felt the burning from my head to my toe. And it was confirmed to me that our church is the only true church because of its authority, because of its priesthood authority that is directly in correlation with the sacraments. It's that authority that we have and the fact that it's restored on the gospel and the earth today directly from Jesus Christ and that supper and the first sacrament that was ever done. That is why this is the true church. But our testimonies are not based off of those huge moments. We as parents and we as teachers, whether it's in the church or in our schools, we as aunt and uncles or grandparents, it is our absolute God-given right and I think our charge to create opportunities for our children and grandchildren and neighbors and friends to grow spiritually. Yeah. They won't always just drop in your lap. You have oh, yeah. to create those. Yep. So totally well, agree with that. Yeah, and for, for our, our listeners tonight who maybe not be members of our church, just to kind of clarify something too. If you would like to know more about um, what Pam was saying there about our church being, why we believe it's the only true church on earth, um, uh, my invitation to you is to go check out check that out. Um, maybe if you wanted, you know, my links to this podcast or like to my Facebook, all different accounts that you can you can message me or or Pam. I'll, I'm going to tag her in this when we're done. Please do. You bet. Um, you can ask all the questions you want about that. Why we um, hold to that belief, and if you were curious. To and know that's more. why that's so beautiful. I have so many friends of different faiths. I love to to talk to my Jewish friends, and, and we have a foreign exchange daughter that we just got back from her home two weeks ago in Florida, and she is Catholic. She lived in our home. She's from Brazil 15 years ago. And she actually did a high five live with me. Oh, cool. And she talked about the one thing she learned in our home. As a Catholic, a very strong Catholic that went at least once a week, was that she learned how to build and develop a relationship with God. And that's what all, all of us of all faiths can do, no matter what religion you are. And the sacrament for us, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is one of those that helps us grow and develop that relationship. Yeah. But every person can do it and can give back to others to help them find the same thing. You Absolutely. do not have to be a member of this church to do that. Yeah. And I'm glad you put that out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So kind of uh, well, kind of the last question I want to ask you here is I'll kind of go back to the... Hey, are we almost done? Because I want to get into the meat of this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you, can, if you, you can tie that into this however you want to. That's fine too, yeah. Yes. Um, I, no. Yeah, often, honestly, I want to get to the meat of this because I want to. I want to find out your why and ask you some questions about why you can find out your why. Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. sure. That, that's fine. Honestly, sometimes I'll ask the last question and then like, oh wait, <laughs> that went like longer than we thought. That's fine. So that's fine. Yeah. So um, it actually goes. So this is talking about like 
um, like you know, reverence and the spirit we feel during sacrament meeting and uh, the, the actual ordinance itself. And it goes a little bit in line with what President Nelson said, that the quote where it says, in the coming days it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. So, what suggestions, and relate what you wanted to say however you want to to this, what suggestions would you give for those who want to do more than, than just recharge on Sundays during sacrament meeting, who want to have that kind of rejuvenation every day, all the time? You know, there was a, um, a talk that was given. Um, I don't even know what, what his last name was, but he talked about my bishop changed one tiny thing, and that totally changed sacrament meeting for I saw me. that, yeah. And this is what I'm going to start with to get into it. You've probably read it before. And, and I'm not even going to read from it. It just talked about the fact that when you're asked to give a talk on a conference talk, a talk of a talk isn't really isn't really cool. It's kind of boring. And they're not asking you to quote the whole talk. That's not the point of it. The point of it, just like our apostles do now, is to, I will read this one part. Um, conference talks are like the Lord's Prayer. They lay out a pattern, but they're not to be wrotely repeated. So he changed one little thing. He asked the members of the Lord to give talks and to say their prayers, not talks based on talks but real talks. He would ask them to share their conversion stories to the gospel principles or their conversion story in general. And that's how apostles and prophets deliver talks. They teach true doctrines through personal stories, expounding scriptures, and mixing in quotes from church leaders. So that's the starting point, is we have to put ourselves and our own um, experiences into our Sunday worship for us to get anything out of it. There's a wonderful, let me read this quote by L. Tom Perry. I want that to start, and then I want to break down these prayers. Our sacrament prayers. I'm going to break them down for a second. From a great book that my second Sounds good. Wrote. L. Tom Perry, the sacrament is one of the most sacred ordinances in the church. Partaking of the sacrament worthily gives us an opportunity for spiritual growth. During the administration of the sacrament, we set aside the world. We? He didn't say that. He hadn't said that. Is it a period of spiritual renewal? It is a period of spiritual renewal as we recognize the deep spiritual significance, deep spiritual significance of the ordinance offered to each of us personally. The phrase is loaded with questions and action words. If we were to become casual in partaking of the sacrament, we would lose the opportunity for spiritual growth. So if, if you're wondering, why you can't pay attention or why that wasn't, you're, you're so distracted or ask yourself some questions here. And uh, go ahead, Paul, do you have a comment before I read this? Uh, Mel, Melvin Ballard had a beautiful thought, so go ahead. So yeah, I just, I, uh, this, is, I'm glad we, this is why I'm glad we do this with video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I love the, word, the fact that you use the word lose there or that he uses that because the word, that word, does, it, it implies it was not taken from you. You That's gave right. it up on your own. Yeah. It's nobody else. It's you, right? Yeah. Elder Melvin J. Ballard once said, I, I love this. I love this. Listen, everybody. If you hear nothing else, today, listen to this. <laughs> I am a witness that there is a spirit attending the administration of the sacrament that warms the soul from head to foot. You feel the wounds of the spirit being healed and the load is lifted. Comfort and happiness come to the soul that is worthy and truly desires to partake 
of this spiritual food. If we read that before we took the sacrament every single Sunday, oh, I promise you, you'd get something from oh, the yeah, sacrament, yeah. right? It's back to the that which perisheth not thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me share with you guys a wonderful book that changed my whole definition and testimony of, of the sacrament. It was written by my grandfather's name is James Farrell. Um, my grandmother was out that great grandfather. Sorry. My grandmother is Althea Farrell. She had 12 children and, um, one of her brothers, um, his son is called James L. Farrell. He has written some wonderful church books. And the one that changed me about the sacrament, at least is called the Holy secret. And it talked about doctrine and covenant section 59 and it, and it, walks you through that and he says we are to offer up our vows or commitments on all days but the sabbath is specifically set apart as a day where we offer our obligations that is our offerings of time talent contributions and so on where we heard that before and confess our sins to others and before god did you hear that last part we're not just there for us but we're confessing to others and before god it is a day that is blessed and hallowed to prepare us for the rest of the Lord, being designed to bring about contr contrition without us, within us, excuse me, just as it did with Adam and Eve, by awakening us to our sin. And then the gentleman in the book asked, how? How does it do that? And this is the meat of what I want to talk about today. So Paul, interrupt me if you need to, but I'm just going to tell him how it is. And then I want you guys to go download this book or rent it at your library or buy it, whatever. But I oh, find out your why as to why you're partaking of the sacrament and why you're keeping the Sabbath day holy and why you're at church in the first place. He says, I think you'll find a few things interesting in the prayers. Patterns of similarity and differences. So again, we're talking about patterns. You'll find patterns, guys, in the temple, at church, in the scriptures, you'll find patterns. When you find patterns, there's organization. There's organization usually, it's a good source, comes from God. In the bread prayer, they talk about that they may eat in remembrance of the body of thy son. That's number one. Number two, witness thee, O God, the eternal Father, that they are willing to, three things, take upon them the name of the son. Number two, always remember him. Number three, keep his commandments received, given up. Then number two, now that first part is us. The second part, that they may always have the spirits be with them. You know this already. You've heard this over and over and over. So you need to analyze what that is to you. Let me get into this a little bit more. The prayer is constructed as an agreement. All you lawyers out there, you can see that. Here's this, and this is what I will do. It's an agreement. Now, the prayer on the water. There's no always. There is no word always in the promise of the spirit of the water prayer. Oh God, the eternal Father, we ask in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, the blessed and saved Christ, this is a little bit more, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy Son, which was shed for them. And number two, witness unto thee, O God, the eternal Father, that they do always remember him. Now the second part, that they may have his spirit to be with It does not have the word always. And there's a reason for that. What else? What else did you notice that was different? Whereas we witness our willingness to do three things in the bread prayer, the water prayer, we don't witness to our willingness but whether we actually do something. So, first prayer, we're willing. Second prayer, 
you better get off your fanny and do something about it. That's what we're committing to Kevin Hart. That ties in really well to actually something I just saw today about, um, oh, unless I have a brain fart here, um, with, um, oh, I, I remember what it was. I, I think it was on Third Hour. You read their stuff, Mike? Yeah. 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 On Third Hour, where they're talking about, you know, all these changes, for example, like the last, what, five, ten years that the, the prophets have been making in our church. And the article is like, the most important change is, did you read that? Yeah. Loved it. Is well, us. Changing us. Us. And that's what, yeah. you know, that, where you said, you know, do with the water prayer part. I'm like, that is what it is. Change yourself. And as, as odd as this is going to sound in connection with sacrament prayers, like Michael Jackson said, if you want to see the, make the world a better place, look at yourself and make a change. Yeah. Which is really the weird. The Lord's really prayer to, is a beautiful prayer. And so are other prayers that are just recited over and over and over. But there's action in this prayer. You're right. It's not just reciting. It's this is what I need to do, and this is what you'll do for me. But, but then it flips it around. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And then there's two things that are mentioned in the bread prayer that are specifically omitted from the water prayer. What are those other two things? Taking upon the name of Jesus Christ and keeping his commandments. Those are not mentioned in the water prayer. And why is that? And I didn't know the answer to this. So I kept studying. I kept, sorry about that. I kept studying. And it says, so why do you suppose the significance of those are? Do you always have the Spirit to be with you? Now, this is what he said. Michael wasn't fully prepared for the question. Truth was, Michael isn't a, a person in the book. Sorry, we didn't need to specify that. Truth was, and this is how I have felt at times, so that's why this was so important to me. Truth was, he often felt alienated from the Spirit and spiritually alone. Notwithstanding his experience Talking with this gentleman about the, the, the prayers, for example, most church meetings felt jolting between struggling to keep the kids quiet and sermons that were delivered by well-meaning but unskilled members of the board. He only rarely felt recharged by what happened in church. His personal prayers almost mostly felt habitual. And wooden. In fact, he couldn't remember the last time he felt like he'd received an actual answer to a prayer. I think I felt the spirit more in the past two days than I've felt in years, he thought. The realization both depressed him and gave him hope. And he looked back at the gentleman he was talking about the, about the scriptures to. Sorry about that. And he said, no, not always. I don't always have the spirit to with me. Then what does the bread prayer tell you about those times that you don't have the spirit? It tells me that if I don't have the spirit, it's because I haven't done one or more of the three things I covenanted to do. Exactly. Since the Lord doesn't lie, I can know for surety that the Spirit is not with me. It's because I haven't kept something on my side of covenant. Either I haven't taken his name upon me, I haven't remembered him, or I haven't kept his commandments. Yep. And then the last part said was beautiful. Why does the water prayer seem to promise less than the bread prayer? I'm glad to have the Spirit like the water prayer says, but I prefer to have it like like um, the bread prayer says, promises. Then he realized, but I don't have it always. He looked at the prayers again. Of course, we're promised in the first prayer that we can have the Spirit always, so long as we keep our side of the covenant. But of course, we don't keep those terms per- perfectly. And because of that, we lose the promised companionship of the Spirit as well. Suddenly, the water took on a new and significant meaning. Maybe the blessing over the water is about how we can get 
the abundance of the Spirit back. Yep. It's beautiful. You know, despite our weaknesses and failures, we've blown the terms of the covenant and have lost the Spirit as a result. However, the Lord in His grace, through the blood that He shed for us, offers us the way to receive the abundance once again. You know, Love that. I, I'm so happy you mentioned that because my wife and I, um, and then this might be a good place for me to wrap up on my end at least, is that my wife and I, a while ago, we had this discussion. Um, both of us, like, you know, one of us was saying, well, we, we were kind of trying to find out the answer to this together. Yeah. The question we had was, you know, there's this seeming disparity between the scripture that says, you know, my, the spirit will not always strive with man versus what you mentioned here about always having the spirit to be with us, that it can, right? And so, yeah. like, is, you know, we, we, were, we were thinking, you know, is it actually possible to have what President Nelson says, to have that constant guiding of the Spirit with you every second of every single day. And we found the answer um, in Mosiah. If you look at the Book of Mormon in Mosiah, King Benjamin's speech, he gives all these conditions. You know, if you remember how this seeming paradox that, you know, to God we are, like, like I mean, compared to God we are nothing, but to God we are everything. And remember how, much, how humble we need to be and how he's controlled everything. All these things, like, like there's a big list of things that King Benjamin in that chapter in the Book of Mormon, in, in I think it's Mosiah 2 or 3, close to there anyways, he spells out all these conditions. And at the end, he says, and I'm probably paraphrasing this, I wish I had it with me. Um, he says, if ye do this, ye shall always rejoice and always retain a remission of your sins. And I'm like, it's possible. It's it right there in the scriptures, in the standard works. So why, the question we'd be asking ourselves, like you said, is why are we not yeah. thinking more, um, oh, what am I, okay, I, I just, there's something I'm missing here. I, there's always this is gonna be, but okay, what is it this time, right? And we yeah. figure out, you know, okay, this is what I need to improve on. And then just bite the bullet, exercise the faith, and do it. From my experience, yeah, from my experience, and probably from like from yours and my experience, both of us, you know, that's the thing. There's five things I think people should ask. The first one is what? What is the definition of sacrament? Whatever question you're asking, you need to define it. What? Number two, you need to wonder why. What is your why? Like I had mentioned before. And number three, like I talked about, look for a pattern. The Lord and Jesus Christ and his servants, they all teach us in patterns. And there's a reason for that. That's number three. Look for the pattern. Number four, ponder on the Savior. What does this have to do with the Savior? And very last, like you kept talking about, Paul, all night, where's that ownership? Apply it to your truth. I think if we do those five things with the sacraments, we will find that moment in our Sabbath day will become so much more meaningful and then like you suggest prepare and bring it home and apply it it's not just a short little window of those few minutes yeah so. that last this because you cut out there for a second for our listeners the last thing she said was apply it to yourself because your audio cut out there for a second that's it thank you paul anyways well thank you so much for your thoughts tonight this I, i'm thinking you're going to be doing a lot of good for people with all your insights tonight uh, so. this is just the tip of the iceberg so all of you that hear this Go study. I'll find out your why. It's just the tip. So, yeah. Paul, you're doing a great thing. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks for listening today. Um, in the next episode, we have Aiden Nolan 
talking about kindness. Uh, Aiden was born in Virginia. Uh, interesting history. He actually grew up in Saudi Arabia and went to a boarding school in Austria. Joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at 23 in 1993. Uh, he served uh, in the California Fresno Mission Spanish-speaking. Uh, actually fell away from the church shortly after returning home. Um, struggled with a lot of stuff, uh, sense of attraction, heroin addiction for years, and returned to the church in 2010 and is now with his wife, uh, Susanna, in, I hope I pronounced that right, Dalat, Vietnam, is that the name of the city? Anyways, you can correct me on that, Aiden, when we do this <laughs> uh, later this week. But anyways, um, so, uh, yeah, if anybody listening tonight has any questions, or if you want to participate, or want a certain topic discussed, you know the email, it'll be in the description, pulsifier at gmail.com. Um, if you like what you heard, something special that you heard that, that helped you out, please go and give that follow link, click on paulpulsifer.podomatic.com. And subscribe on any of the platforms there. Again, you can also uh, hear this on my website, thatwhichperishethnot.com. Um, and also, I added two new platforms this week: uh, Blueberry and oh, I forget the other one, Radio Public, I think it is. Anyways, if you found something useful, yeah, go ahead and subscribe. And please, written reviews are also very helpful on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, they'll help other people find what you have found here and maybe add some goodness to their day too. So. Have a great day, everyone, and remember to stand steadfastly in the freedom God gave us. Until next time, this is Paul Pulsifer.